Feeling better? A little bit. This is actually episode 91. This is the real 91. We cocked we, up last week. I can't count. Saying, no, you can't. It's one of the many Listen, things that you're... One, two, seven, blue, purple bus. Judy can count better than you can. Yep. It's one of the many things you cannot Tell do. you what, I can say hello for a really long time, though. Mm. That's a good thing. Do you think people enjoyed that? or actually <laughs> annoyed 100% or did they of maybe, the listener. Maybe they thought there was something wrong with their MP3 player. They probably did. Remember when you used to have MP3 players? I had found my 500 megabyte, oh, 512 megabyte MP3 oh. player the other day. Oh. Tiny little thing, it was beautiful. Loved it. Better than your iPod? Oh, so much. I much preferred it. So why it was did non-proprietary. You, so why did you kick it into the bin? Because just having one thing at the same time was easier. One thing at the same time? Yeah. As the one thing? Mm-hmm. I see. What's the topic today, John? The topic is... Mm-hmm. Is it time for us to let go of our desperate clinging to books? Yes. Mm. That's the topic. Okay. Mm. What have we got to drink? Oh, we have something to drink, don't we? It's, like, it's a tribute to the olden days of the podcast when we used to drink things. Yes. Oh, gosh, look, I've dated this chair. It's mm. not good. Well, a little tiny glass for you and a big one for me. Okay, I don't want too much. Exactly. Mine better than you. Mm. What we have here... Mm-hmm. Is Kami. It's Kami. K A R M I. Podcast at rumdoings.com. <laughs> Poema di cafe. How's your Polish? Very, very, very. Yeah, me too. So I'm assu- I know it's beer because it says in English, disappointingly, mm. premium dark beer. But it uh, does suggest there's coffee in there. Decafe. So it's got pictures of coffee beans. And pictures of coffee beans all over the bottle would suggest to me... Now, I'm not a linguist. No. But I would argue that that's beer with coffee in it. It's some beer with some coffee poured inside of it. does sound like the best thing of all time. So, let's see. Or utterly disgusting. Or revolting. Okay. Twist off cat, because it comes from a civilised nation. Give it a sniff. <laughs> yes. Can you smell either oh, coffee or beer? I I can't tell you what I smell. <laughs> How does your dog smell? Um, he uses his olfactory senses. You forgot to. You didn't eliminate his nose, so I couldn't. You couldn't Ooh. stop that from happening. Actually, I don't know. I think I that's going to dis- I think it's going to disappoint me when I drink because it actually you know, smells. Smell it smells potent. so malty and mm. lovely and. It really does, and it's got that camp coffee kind of smell. I think imagine that. Ooh, camp coffee. <laughs> coffee. Ooh, coffee. No. Let's try it then. Oh, it really is a disappointment. <laughs> it smells like it's going to be this viscous, rich, rich deep. Mm, and it's really it light and camp. fizzy, and <laughs> it's all fizzy and nothing and pallid and. Wow. Very sweet. It's not unpleasant. Not unpleasant. Um, but it's not... It's weirdly hollow, isn't it? Yeah. How strange. But it does taste like beer with but coffee in it, which is a good combination, it turns out. It tastes like beer with very sweet coffee in it. Camp coffee. Camp coffee. I might try that. I might put some camp coffee in some beer. And see what happens. What is camp coffee? It's just coffee with a limp wrist. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like Larry Grayson. And a pronounced lisp. Yes. Talking about silly people... Yes. Your best friend, Baroness Greenfield. Oh. 
Now she, she Baroness had, von Greenfield, I insist. Baroness von Greenfield. Mm-hmm. Let's explain who she is for the ladies and gentlemen who don't know. She used to be, used to be. the bestest scientist in England. In all of the land. And because she was a lady, she was made. Special lady. She was made in charge of the best science shop. <laughs> That's right. The, the the royal science shop. But then, unfortunately, she, she spent mad. all of the special science shop's pennies. And then they got rid of her, and then, and then she then said it was because when she they was could, a lady. When they couldn't afford to pay for her job anymore because she spent all of the pennies, mm. she said that they got rid of her because she was a lady. Yes. She funny. She didn't accuse them of hiring her because she was a lady. No, which that I never, think was more never like crossed it, her no. mind to suggest yes. that there may have been discrimination in her hiring process, only in her firing process. Yes, of course. So, and since then, she's continued sterling work by That's proving, right. proving. Well, well she's proving I, that she's, video games are the worst thing ever. Ever since matter and antimatter split apart. Well, I think this is what's important to to highlight about. Proving with studies. Yeah, Professor Von Greenback, whatever her name it might be anymore. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, I just see her as Greenback. Ever since I posted a story about her with a picture of Greenback from mm. uh, Danger Mouse. Mm. That's all I can see now. Um, she has, she, what she's done, and I think that she is unfairly, unfairly unrecognised for this. Uh-huh. She has cut through all the... a lot of the faff and the time and the fuss of science yes because we just fiddly 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 before that you would have to do tests and you would have to have write papers and Mm. publish them and peer peer reviewed reviewed. and you would have to uh, go through all this process whereas if you just make make statements exactly and then you kind of think that must be true because your further statements on having said those previous statements yes so basically your previous your previous statements become the footnotes to your newer statements Mm -hmm. neat Tidy. Yes, exactly. Uniform. And there's no need for laboratories and experiments and... Cohort studies. Money, funding. No. No. And especially in these austere times. Well, she likes some funding, to be fair. She enjoys a bit of... Bit in of in these of austere times, she's saving the government huge amounts of money. So her thesis goes like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, video games are bad for your brain They actually distort your brain, I believe. Because mm-hmm. video games mm-hmm. are bad for your brain. And one of the ways they're bad for your brain is a that the bad for they, your brain. no, but they a oh yes they get rid of your identity. That's right. You, you don't have an identity. It gets you rid are. of your identity. Yep. That's the first medium ever to do this. Yes, that's true. It's B. Mm-hmm. They don't have metaphors. Incapable. Not that they do not have metaphors. They're incapable of they're presenting incapable metaphor. Of, of metaphor. Screens are. Yeah. Screens not like books. Not like books. Of plays. Of plays. <laughs> of plays. Books of plays are capable of explaining metaphor. But you put that book of that play on a screen. Yeah, gone. It's gone. So basically, that, that's her thesis. That I mean, it sounds it sounds like we're making fun of her. A bit, it really it? is ridiculous. I but mean, that is her thesis. Those are who, that's her thesis. That is does, her thesis. Who does Ben Goldacre think he is? Yeah, but that's her thesis. Mm-hmm. That is genuinely her thesis. So Ben Goldacre, whom we once had on this podcast, that's true. Said interesting. We had him. Yeah, we did. He was a bit disappointing. Not, I, that's a horrible thing to say. He was great. I know. I'm just pulling his. Link. Oh, yeah, I forgot he actually listens, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he was rubbish. He is an, ad- an idiot. He, he'll, he'll have fallen asleep by now. He falls asleep to this. Apparently. Yes. It's a bit weird. So, Baroness von Greenfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her thesis, and she most recently discussed this. Now, the one aspect that I wish to discuss in particular was her two sub-theses. The one about identity. Yep. 
and the one about metaphor. Okay. Firstly, her suggestion that this is the first and only medium to somehow question our identity or to problematize our identity is extraordinary. One could argue that pretty much every artistic endeavor in some sense, grapples with the notion of identity and Mm -hmm. to what extent it has any meaningful sense in an atomic sense. If you wanted to argue that something different about gaming and that you participate, whereas you're not not just a viewer, Mm. because you're a participatory, at that point you are pretending to be someone else, you could lose your identity there. But then that makes me think, the actor who delivers the line in Macbeth that she so... No, yeah, it is Macbeth, isn't mm. it? Yeah, that she so very much loves um, is pretending to be someone else. But also when you watch Surely it... Surely acting but is when dangerous. You, but when you read a book or you act in a play, the whole point of the empathetic act, the whole point of the mimesis is that to an extent you are allowing your personality to be broadened and expanded right. and to merge with the personalities presented inside the the, the, the literature and mm-hmm. indeed as uh, the whole one of the points of modernism and then postmodernism was to destroy the sense of any coherent um, identity and that was within books I mean right uh, you know and and plays to suggest that James Joyce provides a coherent image of a coherent identity is ridiculous although mm-hmm. she says apparently all novels do this novels novels, novels do novels this. help us to keep our identity especially also, those by Katie Price she also begs the question that we have and should have a single simple ident- atomic identity I believe mm-hmm. it's probably rather unhealthy to assume that you have one simple unchanging atomic identity and I, I know I know that I don't because they my separate identities conflict with each well, other again and it begs a question about yes. who is the who decides who has the identity in yes, the first place sure. it's like okay and we can go off into, uh, into space so, so let's so so a she was being simplistic but beyond the level of she, primary school that she is a neurologist this isn't just this isn't um, Melanie Titface doing a sort of stupid Racist. column in the yeah. uh, in the mail yeah. This is this is a former it's Baroness von Baroness von Greenfisk. Yeah, and she's a, a neurologist, and she's a, an expert in her field. Well, is she? I'm beginning well, to wonder. Well, yeah. Now. So let's go back and look. I want to go back and look at the work she was doing when <laughs> she was The brain is made out <laughs> of marshmallows and cheese. The brain's done a naughty. <laughs> and the second argument that games do not and cannot. Um, portray metaphor is extraordinary. It's I mean, a, such a bizarre thing meta, to say. Well, we must remember what metaphor is. Yes. I mean, it comes to meta, which means um, above, uh, uh-huh. uh, and for, which is the same way as transfer. It comes from fur, for, it means carry. So it's like to carry above, or to... to, to or beyond tra- is better Or to than carry above, beyond, yeah. yes. And to suggest that a game can't do metaphor is peculiar, because I think... In a sense, many games are purely metaphor. That's the only way they work. As I said to you, something like Pac-Man yes. is distinctly at least a metonymy for something for something else. Because right. it is you're not you aren't at that moment while you're playing simply interested in the fact that there are some shining lights moving across some other shining lights. You are invoking the whole of your species' fight-and-flight mechanism, the whole of your species' hunting mechanism, the whole of your species' weird vacillation between being a predator and being prey. Right. And it plays with that the whole time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing can be said quite convincingly to be a metaphor of our species' experience, which, of course, and in a sense, that's why it works. And, of course, we're not suggesting that the creator of Pac-Man, of course, he could have, but we're not suggesting that was the motive but we are suggesting 
I, I would I, I would say I'm suggesting that it that's why the it influence works. yes and that's that caused and, it to be a thing he, a game that he thought would be fun to play and that's why it also caught on. There's a reason why the mimesis mm. with Pac Man worked. Yes, um, there was a very there was something about it which attacked us atavistically, and that was mm-hmm. because it played into these very specific um, comparisons with 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 our greater lives. And yet people go, oh, what are you talking about? I just have fun. But the question is, why? Why are you having fun? Why is that? I mean, and her argument... You don't have to think about this stuff. This stuff doesn't have to penetrate at any point. Her argument would then... It's just why you enjoy yeah, that game and not another. Her argument would, would similarly work for something like chess. Yes, of course. As if to say chess isn't a metaphor. My goodness, there was yes. a whole, you know... Tim Rice and Benny and Bjorn wrote a whole musical based on the predication that chess is simply a metaphor for the Cold War. And uh, as has been said over thousands of years, of course chess is a metaphor. Indeed, it may have had its birth in being a metaphor for actual war. I was just listening to... Uh, Rum, uh, Rum, this is Rum doing the radio lab about... Exactly about, about games and game mm. theory and... Yeah. And so when they're talking about this, about the idea that chess is, is, so, is, is, is and always, always, has always been this metaphor. And, and as are games, in all that sense, because games yes. are actually are abstractions. Mm-hmm. So when you go and you say, I'm going to rescue the lady from the... Oh yeah, she, her, she cited rescuing the princess in Mario as her example of how there was no metaphor, you're just bouncing to... It, what she was arguing is that you're trying to achieve a goal, you don't care about the princess... You don't care about the protagonist. But that's even more. You merely care about re- getting to the But hold on, just a second. Level. That's very interesting. Isn't the fact it? that you don't care about the princess mm-hmm. means that there is something beyond the princess. The simple symbol of the princess. Yes, that's right. That's been, something's been carried beyond, shall we say, <laughs> yes. the simple uh, symbol of the princess. And you have other motivations that are greater. In a sense, the game becomes a metonymy for something greater than the simple representation of a princess. Now, of course you don't necessarily care about the princess, although you being a weepy little girl <laughs> do start crying when, you're in, when, you're, when your characters die. I can, when, when I can't rescue the princess and marry her, I'm in floods of tears. Yes. But to princess s- Peach! Why? And indeed, maybe we can define gameplay as being the successful balancing and instantiation of a metaphorical framework. You could. So we'll decide that's what gameplay is. Define atavistic for me and the listeners at home. Atavistic means related to our bodily experience. Why does it mean that? Um, it come. It derives from some word which I can't remember. Okay, but yes, it basically. I find it easy to remember the definition of the word. If oh, you're I right. The, if I, I have the up. etymology, I'll look it up. I can't remember, but it's you know it's, it goes to the core of your animalistic being. In right. other words, um, and, and that's what it means. Let's have a look. Atavistic etymology. So, so, but but that's what I found. I mean, people said, "Oh, you're being silly. Why haven't you actually done studies to back up your claims about video games?" But nobody's actually called her up on the, except I. Yes, except except I, you. And uh, nobody else has actually called her up on the fact that her theory is internally incoherent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I maybe I should do that. Can you get me an interview with her? Maybe we get her. We get her on the podcast. But she probably that doesn't like podcasts. Amazing. Podcasts with video, computers. Computers. They are dangerous. Our screens, after all. Although, don't forget, and I think it's important to remember, that the Baroness von Screenfeld, she sells video games. <laughs> Does she? For £88 a copy. She sells her ed- educational uh, video games for young children to play. <laughs> really? It couldn't be better, really, could it? 
Does she really? And, yes, she really, and, and really does. Do, 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 they, do they have? Do they have good? Good. Um, I've never played one of her games. Good metaphors. But like, well, actually, I, no, they don't. They can't. They literally cannot. There's no way they can have metaphor. Come on, quickly now. Atavistic. Um, yeah, I got it. I, uh, I, perhaps I should have said it was visceral. It's not just simply relating to animal beings, it's relating to our previous animal beings, what I meant, because it actually okay. means relating to earlier, more primitive behaviour that returns after. Oh, okay. So that's why I said Pat, well, Man, yes, you mean Pat Man is atavistic and that it mm-hmm. takes us back to our hunter-gatherer mm-hmm. um, past. Hunter-fleer past. Uh, yes, because we used to run away from the mammoths. That's and, why so. we and the dinosaurs as well, who used to be chasing us. Remember? That's right. We lived at the same time. Gallopy, 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 gallop. Chickens are dinosaurs to a great extent. To not to a, to an entire extent, birds. They are actually really. dinosauri, I believe. Yes, they are. They're a classification dinosaur. So they are. They're dinosaurs. Yes, they are. So in fact, when we said the dinosaurs went extinct, no, they didn't. They're they're running, fine. They're running around. Birds. Are fa- birds are fairly hefty evidence that dinosaurs didn't go extinct. No, they they just started to fly. That's right. Well, not started to, but chaffinches, for instance, use their feathers instead mm-hmm. of because feathers evolved before flight. Yes, they would use them to glide, like a flying squirrel. Hmm. I don't think Spongebob's have got feathers. They've got probably... No, they don't. Fili- 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 they were, they were, they had the, the dinosaurs had feathers that flew in the way that flying squirrels fly with their creepy webbed arms. Have you ever seen a, a flying squirrel? Not in real life. Why not? Because I am blind to them. <laughs> you have a certain... It's a real tragedy. I don't like to talk about <laughs> it. It is. It's a disability you have. It's, it's a, a charity. It's why I have a disabled parking space outside the house. <laughs> Outside your phone. <laughs> there is my street outside our house has just had three more disabled parking spaces. But we live. On I a hate the disabled. Tiny con- I really do. We live on a tiny cul-de-sac where there's barely room to turn a car around yes. at the end. It's got living at the far With end. Twelve D Living at the far end of the cul-de-sac is a mad woman who the other day, oh, a few weeks ago, I was turning around at the end and I pulled into the the driveway in front of her garage. Mm-hmm. I nosed into there to turn around to do a three-point turn to get out the road. Mm-hmm. She came up and banged on my window and demanded to know why I had driven over her garden. I said, I haven't driven over a garden. She went, yes, you have. You just. I said, no, I, I backed onto your drive. Yes, that's my garden. My drive is a Her garden. drive, her flat concrete drive without nary a weed You killed from it. all the concrete flowers. <laughs> it's her garden. So they've got these maniacs who live on this road who don't like... You have to reverse... You it's have to time re- to kill them. You have to reverse up the road to get it's out. It drives me crazy. Do you think so? Um, but apparently... all the listeners Apparently all live. my neighbours are massively disabled. And so there's these car and a half long disabled spaces taking up most of the road now where there's nowhere for anywhere to park, anyone to park except for these now three or four empty disabled parking spaces all the time. It's political correctness. It's political correctness gone mad. mad. I just say if you can't park because you're disabled, crawl. Just crawl. Shouldn't have a car. If they're that disabled, they shouldn't be allowed a car. No. No, they should because I don't want them on the buses and the trains. Oh, that's a good point. So yeah, they can have a car. I'll get them a car. I really don't object to their having parking spaces. I do object to their being... Fatuous parking space. Um, an extra half a car length longer than they need to be. Well, they need to get out with their wheelchair. Absolutely, and that's funny. So there's room for the back to open and a wheelchair to go in and out. Absolutely, but there is so they are so much longer than that, and there's so many of them. And who I don't know why they've painted there. I've met the neighbours. Most of them, they seem fine. It's very weird. You're judging books by the government. Maybe I am, they do have a, a Maybe they can't a fly, see flying, flying squirrel blindness. I didn't think of that. Is this going to be the Radio Four appeal this year? Now that the um, I think Cream so. teas appeal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Michael Burke. Well, I want to talk to you about Michael Burke, actually. I've just reminded Explain myself. Explain to the ladies and gentlemen who Michael Burke Michael is. Michael Burke is a man who lives in Guildford. He used uh, to live next door to my friend James. Michael Burke. Michael Burke. 
And he, nine, nine, nine. Yes, he's famous for his. Uh, I remember an, an impression show from a long, long time ago that said, The thing about Michael Burke is just when you think he's about to reach a crescendo, he then. No, he doesn't. Yes. Um, although the misuse of crescendo there. Yes. We can all agree. Anyway, he uh, yeah, so he's a news presenter and he did nine nine nine, which was a which was um, accident porn. Accident porn. And yes. then, no, I'm glad you're for the same phrase. No, it does moral maze. No, it has done the moral maze for many mm-hmm. years. But I used to listen to the moral maze back in the days when David Starkey was mm. on because he entertained me enormously, mm. um, and it was just so much fun hearing a man being quite so intelligently rude to mm. stupid people. That was they gave me a lot, great deal of cathartic pleasure. Mm. Um, even though I don't think I agree with David Starkey on anything. No. The only thing I ever agreed with him on was um, after Diana died and on talk radio, I think I mentioned this before, yeah. two weeks after she died, he did a Sunday phone-in for people who didn't care. <laughs> and oh my goodness, the fuss people made. He, was, uh, he wasn't long for the radio station after that. Yeah. Um, but yes, so he was... Um, but, so back then, but I don't remember Michael Burke being the, like someone... Like lightning struck uh, the Daily Mail and it came to life. Yes. Um, so stalking around, presenting a radio program. He's. I thought he was meant to be neutral. Yeah. But that's been abandoned entirely now, yeah. right? It's not even subtle. Like he was introducing last night's one, which I haven't listened to yet, but I listened to the trailers mm-hmm. about um, bad language. Mm-hmm. A judge had ruled that the uh, F word was except was not a policeman could not take offence at having the F word shouted because they hear it so often. Because they hear it so often, it's a common part of language, yeah. and there's no way he could possibly take offence at this. Yes. Right or wrong, don't really care. Michael Burke presents this. Michael Burke presents this with absolute horror. And he didn't say F word. He used all four letters. On the wireless. No, he didn't know him. That's what he was saying. Those were his words. This man didn't say the F word. And he was getting really angry. He said, what's going on? Is it just the... Why is this sort of language? It's a collapse of society as we know it. It's like... What, what you're, you are, you've become Melanie Phillips. Melanie Phillips isn't in the moral maze anymore. Is she not? I don't think so, so maybe he's channel- channelling her. But I don't understand. He's meant to be neutral. Surely he should be there to just no, present the facts. No, he, he found that boring. So well, he... he's, a, he's very right-wing now. Mm-hmm. I know he's getting older and all. He's not allowed to be. I don't... In your university, you put those in camp. No, I want... No, the show has plenty of right-wing people. I just but, but it's Radio 4's little right-wing oasis. It like is, little, it? It's like the petting zoo. Unless the lefty yogurt. We've definitely talked about them all maze before, because, and I yes. remember this, because I remember talking about, about Claire episode, Fox. Episode 1. It was episode 1. Claire Fox. Yes. <laughs> From the Institute of Ideas. <laughs> the Institute of Ideas. My goodness me. It used to be Marxism today, I believe. Was it Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. She is a very, very dumb woman, which is frustrating so when she's sexist. in that position. Um, she's definitely not a dumb man. You're such a sexist. Um, you need to re- have gender realignment training. <laughs> Do don't I? Mm. Who else is on there? Clifford Longley. He's often on it. <laughs> the Catholic. The Catholic, who's surprisingly moderate on a lot of subjects. He's actually quite a breath of fresh air in that program. Just <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, Especially the fundamentalist he... Catholic is a breath of fresh exactly. air. You know what sort of program? You've and they've got. got Melanie Phillips being a further right-wing Christian. Yes. She's impressive for a Jewish lady. Oh, she, but she's a Christian one of you. Let's be. She honest. is. She's. Has she, she officially converted? Is I don't she know. She's always, she always go, Oh, it's about she time keeps... we remember we're a Christian country. Exactly. And why? Whatever happened to Christmas? It's a... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because she was doing the Winterville rant again mm. this year, and the Daily Mail actually apologised. Did you see? Mm. They finally ran a retraction saying that the Winterville thing was a lie. Made up. After a website ran a campaign to have it changed. To whom Melanie Phillips sent some very angry emails. She was very, very cross. Well, she, she's, she worries about the diminution of our Christian heritage. That's true. She does her especially. <laughs> she's a strange one. Who else is on there? Oh, used to be that evil... Tory bastard MP, what's his name? Gove. Michael Gove, he used to be on the Moral Maze. Not anymore. Not anymore. Michael no, Portillo is, though. Is he on the Moral Maze now? Yeah, and he's a kind of the left-wing member. Yeah, I would imagine he is. He is. He is beside, he's gone more left-wing in his old age. He is. Remember what he used to be like? I now think, he's kind of, then he went well, a bit think, gay, and then he went a bit, you know. I think he's gone left-wing. You, you cannot say that Michael Portillo is gay. You cannot say that. But he is. Yes, we can't say that. He had sex with a man. That's usually quite a good... Uh, and a relationship with him for quite a while. I think that's quite a good definition. Yeah, but he isn't. And or bisexual, then. Not, no, he's not, you know, he's not, doesn't have a sexuality. To be honest, I'd prefer if he didn't. It's a bit of an unpleasant thought, have someone having sex with Michael Portillo. No, it isn't, in a sense. Not it's that I'd want to know. But, no, there are some people you don't, but no, I... It makes sense with him. I think it it makes sense in a way has, that has sex Portillo, with Laura. Did Portillo point. ever come out or admit the relationship or anything like that? Is he still denying and suing? I him? think it's something like he said we made mistakes when we were younger or something. That was uh, about it. I'm not sure if he actually. Who was the other one? Who was the one that the BBC couldn't mention was gay? Was it Peter Lilly? I can't remember. It might time. have been Peter Lilly. Hmm. He probably. I think he sues whenever anybody says. Yes, he, he is. does. He does. Peter Lilly is gay. He's a big bender. <laughs> is he, how limp is his wrist? Would you say? Barely attached <laughs> to his arm. That's on the banging by a thread. <laughs> Dangling by a bit of cotton. I hate the gays. We do. We should never have them on our radio program. Never. I will never allow it. The coxcomb shall never return. <laughs> he was... He was what? Now? Now you... What? Eh? Who? How could he be? How he was many? a Tory. Yeah, that's right. How... I love Martin. He is such a confusion of everything ever. <laughs> He posts to rock, paper, shotgun. He does. He gets very cross. Have you ever actually banned a yeah. post? Oh, banned a post. Yeah, I've deleted his post before, yes. And really? Me. Oh, yeah, many times. Does he get upset by that? No, he tends to take it. He tends to go, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, does he troll? Yes. He's a deliberate and outspoken troll. <laughs> right. Um, he's out about being a troll as much as he's out about being a woofter. Fair enough. Do you, do you think you might just close down your, your forums? No. Or, uh, why not? Because they're fine. Aren't they a pain to have to moderate? Uh, only when we come into these particular touch paper subjects. Usually funny enough to do with the gays. Yes. Uh, anything about homosexuality, anything about sexism or um, poor pre- presentation of women and the real slimy Troglodytes. Scum. Yes, they appear. The atavistic The atavistic readers come yeah. out of their box. Mm. And it's de- it's depressing. It's demoralising to know that they're reading the rest of the time and not objecting. I feel like if they object to my saying those things, they should object to my supporting, say, condemning an, a homophobic act or my condemning the poor presentation of women in a game. I feel like they should also be offended by everything else that I do because I don't want them to agree with anything I say mm. at that point. And it kind of worries me that they're there waiting to comment on, on those things. But then at the same time, they're making our ads load and that makes, pays my rent, so, you know. Yeah, fair enough. So you're going to say at least you're taking... In a sense, you are taking money off them. I am. They are... They are keep, they, as much as they may hate me, they, they are keeping you. my lights on. So that's good. Hmm. Have you noticed a change in the sorts of people who do comment from when you first started? Oh, yeah. Well, when we started, we were tiny, don't forget. So we have... Um, how were you ever... How did anybody ever know to visit you? Uh, I can't remember. 
What was the scene? Word of mouth started off. Well, the fact that we had Kieran was a big deal. Right. Um, even though this was before his comics writing, he was still the big name in the games industry, in the UK games journalism industry. And then the other three of us had reputations. We weren't famous in it by any means, but we had reputations. Um, and we'd all been doing it for a decade, and our names were out there. So people knew who we were. Yeah. And so we would... Um, big names. And then we just started putting good content up, and then it would get linked to. The biggest thing Links. for us was Valve. Uh, Valve were reading our site when we were tiny, when we were just a few thousand readers. And yet they're not reading it now. I'm sure they are. I know so, so, you some think people... they have, are? Yeah, I, the people in Valve I know who will email me about stuff I've written and stuff. Okay. Um, but, uh, yes, and so they invited uh, me out to review uh, The Orange Box. And yeah. that was a huge break for us. Because the, the reviews never did any traffic. They did terrible traffic. But the interviews... I interviewed Gabe Newell and interviewed... I remember Kim your, your, your love-in with Gabe Newell, yes. You only, the only reason you remember that is because I put your question to him and then he took the mick out of you. That's the only reason that you would want to remember I remember that. your love-in with Gabe uh, <laughs> and Your bestest friend, Gaby. Gaby Pops. Mm. And then Kim and Jeep, who were two of the people behind Portal. And so I interviewed them, and those interviews were huge. And what happened was other websites went, oh, this is good content, and linked to it. And at that point, mm. that wasn't the, we were already doing work. We had thousands of readers by that point, but that was a, that was a big kind of push forward that moment, I think. Mm. Um, I can't remember how we started at all. I think we plugged it and where we could. I would always sneak a mention of it onto the PC Gamer podcast where I was regularly appearing on that. Are you not on that anymore? No, strangely enough, they don't invite me onto that now. Is the PC Gamer still existing? Yes. Really? Yes. As a magazine? Well, this, Printed on trees? At the time this episode goes out, last week, Future announced £19 million loss for this year, have suspended uh, dividend payments to shareholders. The, sh- the uh, adjusted value of their shares is currently 0.7p. Right. Um, they're down, the shares are worth 8p, 8.5p each today. Uh, ten years ago, they were worth £10. Just lucky to give you an you idea. Lucky of you didn't invest in that. Indeed, just to give you an idea of what, how much future isn't worth anything anymore. Um, they 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 got rid of Stevie Springs, the the former CEO of Clear Channel was was running Future for a couple of years, and she's gone. Well, that was a which clever, saves clever thing to do. A million pounds a year because of her salary was so huge. Well, she, but to be fair, I mean, she did achieve so much while she, she was, was on six hundred and fifty k with with bonus. To be fair, she did achieve so much while she was there. Yes, that's right. She saw those socks and shares and sales and everything plummet. The UK in to defend her, she was based in the UK, and the UK side of Future is just about profitable. It's the US side that's been such a disaster that it pulled it into a loss. I didn't know they were even trying in the US. Oh no, they've been in the US for many, many like years. Like what? What sort of magazines? Uh, well, PC Gamer used to PC Gamer used to sell something like two hundred thousand copies in America. And now um, I have no idea what its sales are, but they can't be good because they're making such a huge loss. Mm. Um, but there's a whole future in San Francisco. There's a whole department over there. They run Games Radar from there, the big website, and which was one of their flagship launches that was an absolute disaster. So what does Future have to do in order to remain viable? They, well, they've just sacked 10% of the workforce in the UK. There's mm. 100 people gone, and they're closing down eight or nine magazines. Like what? Um, I don't know. I have no idea which Your magazines Cat are closing. Monthly. That Cat magazine is not published by Future. No. And it's quarterly. Um, <laughs> have you been invited back... I've written, I think I've just written my fifth column for them, so that's a good sign. What was your latest column about? Uh, moving House with Dexter. What did Dexter have to say in this column? Well, out of his you own have mouth? to buy The Cat magazine to find out. Is it called The Cat? Okay. Yes, it's called The Cat. It's published by the, it's been going for 80 years as we've established. Yeah. And does, does Dexter get any fan mail? <laughs> I don't think he's had any fan mail. So nobody's writing. Oh, Dex, I'm sorry. Nobody's writing. I've never looked, to be honest. 
Why? That's very yeah, arrogant. I don't even know if it has a letters page. <laughs> That's very arrogant of you. For all you know, Dexter may have received, <laughs> That's true. received all the sort of popular outpouring. Probably children's drawings of him being sent in and so forth. Then he's just this grumpy, stupid little cat. They do a lovely um, cartoon of him every issue, though. There's a, a, an artist who does a little illustration for my column each week. Each Has month, he ever actually quarter. seen Dexter? Or does it make... No, no, he's seen photos, I think. Because oh, okay. they, they, he gets the goatee beard and everything. Oh, yeah, so we keep calling it a goatee beard. It's actually a soul patch, isn't it? Because a goatee mm. would go all around his nose yeah. and mouth. Yeah. Um, what was I saying before? Oh, yeah, future. So, yes, they're a, they're a disaster right now. PC Gamer is still going. Um, Just about. 2010 ABCs were 25,000. When I started on the magazine, it was just under, I think it was 89,000. So, you know, it's obviously entirely, and I think that 25 will go down by a lot Mm. if if they publish the numbers for the next ABCs in two months' time. They've stopped declaring their ABCs on so many of their magazines now, which means when they're they're declaring PC format that used to sell... A hundred. I think I'm right in saying 180,000 copies a month. I remember when the Mega Forms used to sell... Well over, a qu- well over a quarter of a million. I don't know. But PC format used to be absolutely massive. It now sells just over 9,000 copies. And they're declaring that number. So 9, imagine what the 9,300 and something I think it was. Wow, that's... It's frightening. Especially when Mac format selling like four times as much for some reason. But there you go. Hmm. Um, yes. So, I mean, PC format is... It's just a magazine. That doesn't The people who make PC format are really great guys. Really smart, funny, interesting that's guys. not viable. But it just, it, I just don't think it's a magazine that knows what it wants to be. Not in the age of blogs. Oh yeah, ex- exactly. I think PC Format as an online venture could be very successful. Mm. PC Gamer's online website seems to have done well. But they copied Rock Paper Shotgun from top Doing to better than you, aren't they? Well, I think they have. I think they declare they have more readers than we do. Mm. Um, but then they've got the brand PC Gamer. Also, they have PCGames.com links to their website. They do lots of SEO stuff. So they're very good at bringing in the hits. Whereas we've just focused on being good um, and hoping that's enough. But it isn't, is it? It is. Turns out it is. <laughs> Turns out I can live off that website. Um, mm-hmm. So, which is, which is have great. You, have you sent a thank you note to Tim Berners-Lee? I haven't. That's very rude, isn't it? It is very rude. Yes. And you send him a thank you note. Does he have cancer, I've imagined that? It's just wishful thinking. I don't want Tim Bernsley to have cancer. Do you know, though, uh, one of the people in my in a youth group I ran... A has got ago, cancer! Yeah! No, he's a, a, a kid in one of my youth groups. He wouldn't be a kid now. He's probably an adult now, which is frightening. He's he's but he would have been about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me his mum was dating Tim Bernsley, and then she broke up with him and, and went out with his dad. So he could, And so he, in his head, thought that Tim Bernsley could have been his dad. Not quite understanding. Not, not quite getting it, I don't think. No, I think. But yeah, almost, almost dated Tim Berners-Lee. How rich would she have been? What a shame for not her. Not particularly eh? rich. He's got lots of money. He hasn't patented anything, or he just has his job. I'm not sure he's done perfectly well, but he's no, sure. he's no Steve Jobs. No, he's not. Which is an in, in a compliment in every direction. Yes. Now you really will have upset... Coxcomb. Yeah. Well, apparently, I haven't read it, but the, the 8 billion page um, biography that came out recently, mm-hmm. Private Eye went through it, and they've just pointed out that apparently, just the, it seemed from their review that the biography does point out what a complete arsehole he was to everyone. It would be difficult not to, because every person who would be interviewed would have had an anecdote about well, exactly, yes. things he did. I mean, he did, he would just park in handicapped parking spaces all the time. He was a... Do you know that for a fact? Are you making that up? No, that, that he would do. He made a 
point of it. Because Private Eye were arguing that he was a sociopath. He was. A, I think it's fair enough yes. to say he was. No, they weren't being facetious. They were saying yeah. he was, by the definition of what a sociopath yeah. is, he had to be. He did not have any care for other human beings' no, reactions didn't. or feelings no, at all. No, he didn't. Uh, but was very angry when anyone did anything he didn't like. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yes. Plus, I mean, he went on about how he'd been abandoned by his father mm-hmm. and then adopted. I was upset about that. Of course, his first daughter, he abandoned her. Really? Until, like, ten years later when he was forced to... You know, wow. He pretended he, said, he pretended he was infertile. He said, I couldn't have had her, I'm infertile. And he just lied. <laughs> so, we should, it's just classic sociopath. Soci- he was a sociopath, yeah. Yes. I mean, you're going to make people upset now because people see him as a, as a lovely god also I mean it yes, was but no well, one who ever worked with him thinks that about no, him no but also so. it's very interesting things like for example he immediately the first thing he did is he immediately stopped all of Apple's charitable giving is that, is that yes. do you know that for a fact yes. I mean we can't, we can't libel him he's dead no no but like, that's but a fact I mean that, that's, I'm just interested that's, if it's that's, on the, that's actually on the record he publicly right. came and says we're not doing well enough anyway okay and he he, he and so he cut all their charitable giving, and, and then when they started becoming massively profitable, he didn't start it again. It's so confusing when he makes you want to like Microsoft a bit more. Well, isn't it? Bill Gates, Bill Gates's foundation is extraordinary. Bill Gates clearly wasn't the Bill and Linda Gates wasn't a sociopath to that degree at all. No, not in the slightest. Um, and he kind of made fun of Bill Gates's philanthropy. He says, mm-hmm. "Well, that's all he's good at," kind of thing. <laughs> and personally, he he didn't give money or didn't support any causes really right. at all. Uh, he wasn't interested. He was interested in. The abstract notion of aesthetic perfection—that mm-hmm. was all he was interested in in his life. Uh, everything else. And yet he, he made get. the iMac. Interesting. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. No, I've been re- re- reading an article about its development recently. It was oh, a yes. very, very big deal. They spent ages getting every detail right, and building in the handle to make it look more friendly and approachable, mm-hmm. and the translucency and all that. No, every detail right, was okay. deeply. I mean, it just looks it, stupid. It worked. Yeah, it reintroduced Apple to the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he was an ineffective. Or no, ineffective no, 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 not at all. Certainly, he was. He was good at his job in the in that sense. He turned mm-hmm. Apple is now what the one of the biggest companies in the mm-hmm. world. Whereas in the in the nineties, everyone used the, what they would do is they did that trick where they had to deal with Hollywood mm-hmm. and all the major studios where their computers would be featured in TV and movies. So it gave this impression that they had a ubiquity. If you notice that, but they didn't have. Even now, though, if you notice this play, Plains Princeboro, whatever it's called, a hospital in house only uses Apple products, even in the labs. Does it? Yeah. If you... So they had, but they had this deal in the nineties when they were they had something like less than five percent of the market. And they but have they had five percent of the market now. But they sorry. In computing, they have five percent of the market. Is it? Have they not? Oh, interesting. Okay, but they yeah, they discovered everything else. Yeah. But they just this really clever way of making it look like everyone in Hollywood used their computers, mm. which is really smart. Yes. Advertising. Well, there were a number of. I mean, his. Ad- they still didn't have buttons on their floppy disk drives. No, his most so. famous advert was the one about 1984. You've seen that one, yes? No, his most famous advert was the "I'm a Mac, I'm a PC." No. The, yes. No. No, really not the one. The one directed by Ridley Scott I don't in 1984 it. at the launch of the Macintosh, which was shown during the Super Bowl, right. was the most famous. Probably one of the most famous ads. I'm a Mac, I'm a PC is more famous, more well into the public consciousness. Podcast at rumdoings.com. Uh-huh. John has fallen into the fallacy of thinking that which I remember because it happened when I remember it is therefore more famous. <laughs> No, it's a renowned piece of I think of if work. you went on to the screen and people what Basically, it, it had parodied IBM saying, IBM was Big Brother, we're going to control your... Right. And this woman, this athletic woman, ran and threw a baton through the screen and the screen smashed. And they said, in 1984, Macintosh will show that 1984... Why 1984 isn't like 1984, basically. <laughs> right. And... Um, 
Which is ironic, considering that Apple has the most Orwellian company mm-hmm. now of all. Yeah. So they, they took 1984 as a... Well, it's, it's like Chris Fitchin said, it's, um, you know, North Korean leaders read 1984 and thought it was a manual. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, we went to an evening with him the other night. Oh, yes, but he wasn't there. No, he couldn't be there. He was a bit, bit, bit ill. Mm-hmm. So, so he was going to be on a big telly, and then he couldn't be there. So you got Mr. Fry instead. Mr. Fry and his various friends. How was it? It was okay. It was alright, you had a good bunch of crowd, good crowd. Yeah, so there, it could be Martin Amos and, and, and your, the Antichrist for you, of course. Dawkins. Yeah. And, and Dawkins so. replaced Hitchens, didn't he? Well, pretty much on the stage, yes. He could, no, no, he was like, he was brought in to, when Hitchens dropped well, out, but, they brought But Dawkins to talk in. about, it was, a, it, was a, it was to celebrate the work of Hitchens, so he was there to still talk about it. Okay. So it wasn't a direct drop in any old atheist. Just... <laughs> We've lost an atheist, who can we get? Yes, so few that he was the only one left. That's right. Hmm. What do you think of Stephen Fry at the moment? I'm d- still bored, so bored of him. He really has. Sp- I know it's said, it's, but yeah. he, you know, if ever a cliche, he has spread himself himself so thin. Yes, and absolutely. he know. Problem is, he knows it. I know, and that's something that makes me sad. You know how Radio Four has re- re- rejiggered its schedules, so uh, you have uh, the forty-five minute Watto now. It's just what I need another fifteen minutes of Martha Carney. Mm. Um, when it's not Martha Carney, I'm like, hooray! It's the other guy. What do they have? World at One is now 45 minutes. Oh yes, for no reason, yes. Um, well, so they can have longer, more extended interviews and relax and kind of not have to rush everything so much. It just means they'll rush more stuff. But it? when it was, what's his face, Nick, Nick lost his legs, died. Yes. Um, he was great and fit everything into half hour and didn't need to faff around. He knew what to do. Turns out Martha Carney, who is perhaps not the best presenter. Another, What's the name of that? Another lady who's no. Job. Are s- you being sexist again? What? You said Baroness von Greenfield was uh-huh. rubbish at her job yep. and he promoted her because she was a yep. woman. No, I said that Martha Kearney is only there because she's a woman. Any other sexist comments you'd well, like to make I was going to say, what's the name of the other one? Caroline, she does the 10 o'clock one sometimes. Caroline, Princess of Brunswick. No, but she's brilliant. I really, I wanted her or Robin Lustig to get Watto and I was really disappointed when it was a woman's hour presenter. So I just didn't think she had quite the chops. Women's hour. Well, she did Newsnight, but uh, again, she yeah. does. I don't enjoy her interview style. I don't think she's. Yeah, she's no good. I don't think she's very good at it. And there are plenty of other female news uh, news presenters on the BBC. Can you use oh. a more neutral word? Lady news presenter. Sorry, skirt wearing news presenters. Yes. Um. So, yeah. So it's a bit. Then you have the fifteen minute slot. And obviously they were terrified of those 15-minute slots because mm. they had to be brilliant to justify what they were doing. Mm. Um, and so they, they, obviously what they went for was something, they wanted to do something on the lines of the history of the world and 100 objects. And they went for the history of the brain. Mm. And it was like a three-week thing. And it was very good. Mm. Um, but yeah. now the, this week's one is now Stephen Fry doing something. And I thought, oh. Oh, is it Stephen Fry talking about mobile phones? Yes, yeah, Stephen Fry talking about the rise and the significance and how wonderful is the mobile phone. But again, this is Stephen Fry in a mode that I really don't like him. He's mm-hmm. very disengaged, just reading a script, not actually speaking to anyone because the actual interviews are obviously done by somebody else. Right. And then they're just cut in. Mm-hmm. So he's just there. And then it goes to somebody else. I like telephones. The end. <laughs> I, I like, like telephones. The end. Yes, and and it's sort of. It's even worse than it could be. It's bad enough he spread himself so thin, but he spreads himself so thin in such a tawdry manner. I don't know what he's doing. He must have the world's biggest coke habit or something. How can you say such a thing? We'll be sued. I'm sure he doesn't. He doesn't seem the sort, does he? No. You um, would hope not. I mean, I wonder whether something tragic might eventually happen to him. 
Well, something tragic eventually happens to all of <laughs> To everyone, I was going to say. But I wonder whether it'll be <laughs> operatically tragic, shall we say. I hope not. It may be. I mean, he is bipolar. He is very bipolar. Oh, so are you allowed to say bipolar now? Is that... What do you mean, are you allowed to say I, don't, I thought it had changed its name again. No. Are you sure? Yes. I think there's a new, new name for it. So... It's not manic depressive, Obviously. and it's not. I think something's taking over from bipolar. As I well. think you're confusing multiple personality with DID. No, 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 no. Even bipolar is beginning to get a new shop. Is it? Yeah. Bit a bit changeable. Hmm. Hit and miss. I just wonder whether there'll be an operatic conclusion to. I hope not. Yeah. Especially since he's one of your clients, you want to keep the yeah. money coming in. Yeah. Is he still hosting with you his websites? Of course. Mm-hmm. Who else would he host? Well, that's true. With what about EasyNet? Wait, guys, with EasyNet. Owned now by Rupert Murdoch. Is it? Oh, good. It's Rupert Murdoch Company Sky. Oh, that's nice. But then again, I mean, Rupert Murdoch, really, I mean, if you remember in the 60s and 70s, he had quite a tarnished reputation. Whereas, who would you can barely remember that? He's such a respected pillar of the establishment now. That's true. And runs such a tight ship that. And such a lovely son. Exactly. And so warm. Well, the thing about his son is, what's so good about it is that it's so clear that he's gotten to where he's gotten to through merit <laughs> and not through some merit, silly yes. nepotistic no. um, launching. Uh, and it's good. It, it, it proves that sometimes these things do just work out for the best. And so let's actually discuss that for real. I know we need to stop, but um, watching the second uh, doodah with Murdoch yes. Jr. in front of the his accent. panel. Well, not just that. And his incompetence. It's his and his inarticulacy. No, I would think he's... I would argue he's quite articulate. No, he is not articulate. He's mum... He, if you think that his sort of brand of mealy-mouthed corporate speak is articulate... No, you but it's... it's he's, no, OK, he's good at making it sound like he's saying something, is what I mean. He not all, good to me. He, it took, he sounds like he cares about answering the question. I know he doesn't, and I know he's... He's an evil, he's an evil man. Well, Probably the a fact that he's so openly and wantonly lying to them... Yes. As, he was, as was proven he did the first time. Mm. And he's done again. And he has to have done again, because... All the evidence shows that they knew about these things. He's saying he didn't he did know, know about. Of course, he knew about them. And it's but it's bizarre to see someone just so calmly and so breezily. Well, lying. What else is he going to do? Well, at a certain point, you have to admit you cheated, don't you? Why does he? He's very, very, very rich. That's true. Yeah. I mean, why does he? he remember, originally they weren't even going to deign to speak to Parliament. Mm-hmm. It's only when they realised it was probably a PR mistake not to. Tom Watson was having fun on that one. He went a bit too far, as as is Tom Watson's way, and he started doing his mafia questions. Why? Because he was just deli- he was at that point he was saying something that was just going to make Murdoch look unfairly picked on, and that was the that was my concern with that. When he started saying, "Oh, you're the head of a mafia, you're the only mafioso who isn't aware that he's running a mafia or something like that," mm-hmm. and and it was obviously it was a direct insult and it wasn't appropriate to the occasion, mm-hmm. and I think it just gave Murdoch the upper hand, which was a. A shame, I thought. It was very funny. Yeah, I like the way that Murdoch decided to go on his high horse at that point. Yes. In that quite unconvincing way. But, you know, but unfortunately that was... uh, He also, I don't like his foggy... He's He's Kermit, isn't he? Awful man. Awful, awful, vile, terrible man running a ghastly paedophilic company. (laughs) (laughs) And if you'd like to sue us, that was Nick Mailer. Oh yeah, I'd like to see. Nick I'd like to see. Mailer. New, I'd like to see News Corporation try to sue us now. That'll be. That'll be good for their PR. <laughs> that'll do now. Will it? Yes. It wasn't very good this one. I thought it was all right. 
Some of it was. Some of it was good. We can edit it. No. Yeah. We'll edit it down. We'll reduce it like a good source. I'll edit out all the bits that you said. Okay. That'll be good. Just be you. Bye. Ta.